The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana. Celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times. Your host, Gary Coligas. Good morning, Architects listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today. I also want to thank those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk about the status of cancer in Louisiana and throughout the United States. So stay tuned to this show for some very interesting and beneficial information. It is Saturday, April the 29th, and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the May issue of the Best of Times at one of our 522 distribution locations beginning on May the 1st. Thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. If you're unable to find a copy, remember you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine. We are very proud of our 2017 edition of Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. It is only available at the Council on Aging, the Cattle Council on Aging offices, and the Bossier Council on Aging offices. Uh, Our it was distributed beginning on March the 1st, but those are the only copies of our 25,000 that I'm aware of that are available at our distribution locations. We're sorry about that. But also, you can view it and download it from our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. The Best of Times had a fun contest in our April issue. We had over four, we had actually 435 entries via mail and email to find those 15 hidden Easter eggs in the April issue. We want to thank all of those people who participated and enjoyed our contest. And it was hard to choose that winner and randomly selected. We piled all those 435 entries and we pulled the winner who won a prize package of over three. The winner is Miss Dot Miller of Shreveport, Louisiana. Congratulate to her. And we want to, I want to add, she put a little note on her entry and says, our contests are very fun. Keep doing more contests, Gary. So, again, many readers did find our contests fun and exciting, and we will be continuing having contests in the best of times in the near future. Again, thank you for everybody participating, and congratulations again to Ms. Dot Miller of Shreveport. The AERP defensive driving classes are now available in northwest Louisiana. If you're 55 years of age or older and wish to enroll to renew your AERP defensive driving certification or to obtain that certification, the Bossier Council on Aging will host a few classes during certain dates in 2017. The upcoming class is May the 17th, followed up on one on June the 21st. You must call the Bossier Council on Aging office 
classes because uh, classes are limited to 25 people. RSVP is required by calling 741-8302. That's 741-8302. Walk-ins are unacceptable due to space limitation and, of course, the needed printed materials that have to be made uh, when you call in the RSVP. Remember to log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for listing of announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tony Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, probably presented by Abers, Tony Country Edge Report, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas. I do thank you for listening to our radio show today. Joining me on my show is Dr. Glenn Mills, who is the director of the Feist Wilder Cancer Center here in Shreveport and also the professor of the Department of Medicine at LSU Health Sciences Center in Shreveport. Thank you, Dr. Mills, for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Gary. Well, Dr. Mills, you know I heard your presentation at the fabulous, by the way, the Family Health Day, Health Day in March that was held at the Feist Wilder Cancer Center, right? Right. And thank you for being there and having your show live during our event. And that I, was a big success. And we had a lot of attendees, and we've had a lot of people, I think, that I think you're going to have it again next year, correct? It will be an annual event with us. That's right. Wow. I'm going to help you next year because I had a lot of people that told me they uh, they came later, later on into the program, and my mm-hmm. program as well as your program, and things were already wrapping up. It was so sad. Right. I mean, we overwhelmed our building, so no, we're we going to have to... Do some rerouting of the traffic in the building next year. And the, all the screenings y'all did were just remarkable. I, I've had some people that were so thrilled, especially some smokers, by the way, yes. that had never had a screen done. Right. I mean, that is that's a problem in Louisiana. We don't. We are lagging behind the rest of the nation in cancer screening: breast, cervical, oh, prostate, no. lung. All of these. And we offered all those screenings for free and during that was, our free and that, screening. And everybody, some of my listeners and uh, came up to me and says, it's free, Gary, for sure? And I said, yes, ma'am, it's free. I'm, see, I'm, I know, I'm sure they get some subsidies or getting some, you know, national cancer. Right. cancer. It probably comes out of some foundation that's helping sponsor that, right? Well, we used uh, our endowment funds and other funds to fund this. Well, that was very generous. we felt very it's a very important for the education of our community and well, service. Well, I look, I look for make sure you let us know at the best of times as early as possible so we can this time advance notice in a few months and mm-hmm. people will mark it on their calendar. And I think you'll get quite a few more next year. This year. Thank you. We'd love to have you live again, too. When well, we we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Probably so. Uh, never can guarantee anything, Doc. You know how that right. is. It's about oh, live, live radio show. Okay, so you're, you gave this presentation, which I was at awe, and I didn't want to be the uh, – we had a lot of questions, but I didn't want to be the person that asked you the 50 questions. So I said, hope the doc will be willing to come on this show so I can ask him some of those tangent questions that I, that I feel my listeners – we're going to give them an overview of what you, what you gave to all the, all the uh, attendees there. So okay. cancer in the United States – well, Give us a little overview of that. Cancer in our country still remains a problem. 
We're lucky that the rate of cancer has begun to decline some, particularly after people stopped smoking or cutting back on smoking in the 60s and 70s. But because of our baby boom generation coming now into the Social Security ages, the numbers of cancers that we're facing in our country are skyrocketing because the baby boomers are getting older. And for the most part, cancer is a disease of the older person. So our numbers of cancer cases are increasing right now. And are we diagnosing cancers now than we ha- haven't had in prior years by physicians and, and screening? There have been some undiagnosed, but they poss- possibly had those complications later on in life? Oh, yes. Lung cancer, for example. Until two years ago, we didn't have effective screening for lung cancer for the people that have been heavy smokers. Now we've proven that screening for lung cancer can save lives, much like breast, cervical, and prostate. It is very important to get your cancer screening, get it regularly. It increases your chance of detecting a small cancer, and small cancers can be cured. And that was amazing when you described to us how small it can detect it. Right. We can detect tumors now down to one centimeter. That's about a third of an inch in size. But even at that size, that's a billion cells there. That's a lot of cells. You can have a million cells somewhere, unfortunately, and you can't detect it. So it's important to catch it when it's early like that. The chances of it having spread to other parts of your body are very low when it's so small like that. And then and, and you will talk about it later, but let's, let's emphasize it now. The earlier you get detected, the better possible for, outcome, correct? For every cancer. For every cancer. The earlier it is detected, the better your chances of survival. Yes, that's true. And via various techniques, right? Correct. Each cancer has its own way of screening, and I guess we'll talk about those a little later. But it's important to discuss this with your doctor and plan a regular screening program. Okay, you brought up an interesting point about the, the people in the 60s, and now we're in the uh, you know 2017s, 2010s, whatever it is. Have you seen, based upon research, it actually, percentage of smokers per population has decreased? Yes, it has. Oh, Back that, in, that is totally amazing. We're, we're spending all this money in, in non-smoking, but I don't know. It, maybe it's incidental. What I, people, I just tend to notice more people that are, that are smoking these days. There's still, unfortunately, too many people smoking. And in our state, that's a problem. Okay, let's talk about our state. So our state, it's oh. a serious problem. It's a serious problem. We have double the smoking rates of some of the states out west like Utah, California. We still have about a quarter of our population that smokes. That is way too many. It's going to cause a lot of cancers down the road with so many people still smoking. Now, that's much better than it was in the 60s and 70s when it was 40% of the population smoking. So there have been a lot of people quit. But there's still too many smoking. But you didn't hear about people, and maybe I was quite young back in the 50s, but you didn't hear about as many people that died from from smoking or cancer in, in those in those years. I, I really couldn't think of any of, my, any of my relatives who smoked like many packs a day ended up dying of other things. And that might have been complications from the smoking, but it was never lung cancer. It was never a cancer. Well, we do a lot better with health in general. People live longer nowadays. As we live longer, our chance of getting cancer goes up. But also remember, not just lung cancer is caused by smoking. Just as as many, if not more people, die from heart disease. 
Okay. Cardiovascular disease. That's another important risk factor for smoking. Well, again, I'm an anti-smoking campaign person. I've been doing that for like 17 years here on the best of times. Some of my smoking friends do not like me advocating that they consider quit smoking, but I think it's overall better for them in the long run. Oh, for ab- them, their their grandkids, their great grandkids to consider that. It, absolutely, Gary. But Dr. Mills, one uh, interesting uh, person. Well, it's a lady that a good friend of mine said it's too late, Gary. I've told my doctor that. It's too late for me to smoke. And she's like 78. Is it ever too late to quit? No, it's never too late to quit. That's what I try to test it. Did you tell your doctor that's the reason why you won? He said, well, I told him indirectly. But but I said, well, you need to ask him that. Is it too late? Maybe he'll give you a a positive answer to no. You you can stop today. Within three to four months. Your risk of dying from a heart attack begins to dramatically decrease. Just that short. To just get those chemicals out of your system and get that exposure to the nicotine down. Within two years, your risk for cancer begins to diminish. Not only does your risk, does lung cancer cause, excuse me, does cigarettes cause lung cancer, it causes many other types of cancer. And we now know that if you develop, for example, breast cancer and are under treatment for that, you will not do as well if you smoke than if you don't smoke. So it's mm. become a risk factor in the treatment of cancer. Oh. The, the treatments are much less successful if you continue to smoke, regardless of what type of cancer you have. And what my um, well, my surgeon, which I didn't know this. Well, I should have known. It, it, it affects everything. It even affects when individuals are going in for elective or non-elective surgery. Is that right? Correct. Your risk for complications from anesthesia are much higher if you're a smoker than if you're a non-smoker. And that's why you need to tell your physician up front, the surgeon anesthesiologist, that you are are a smoker and a pretty heavy smoker. Is that right? You're correct. That's true. And I had one gentleman that was going in for hip replacement, and he felt, he said, well, why do my doctors need to know I smoke? I said, well, sir, you might want to tell them that. And also, he was on a sleep apnea machine. Oh, that's hard. that's not. And good. I said, "Sir, you didn't tell him that." Well, should he know? And I said, "Sir, I don't think that they automatically know what you have, and you're dealing from out of state, coming here, and you, he probably they or they, and sure enough, they did not because they called the the wife called me and says, "Thank you, Gary, for reminding my husband to tell his surgeon and anesthesiologist before he had hip hip uh, he had a hip replacement." Uh-huh. And uh, you yeah. helped that person, Gary. Probably have a less length of stay in the hospital than after. Right, less length of stay and less complications. Well, I was touched, but I don't. I don't like to give individuals medical or quasi medical advice, but just tell them why don't you check with somebody, especially if you just have the happenstance saying, "Well, I have a sleep apnea machine." I thought that was really. And does anybody know this? And that that they just caught me like. Whoa. Okay. So Gary goes on a lot of tangents, Dr. Mills. I don't know if you figured (laughs) that one out. So the incident rate of of cancer in our state compared to other states? Uh, We are unfortunately very high. For men in our state, we're number two out of the 50 in cancer incidence rate for men. Now, in women, we're about in the middle, around 26. But if you look at death rates in our state. Okay, death rates. Okay. Now, incidence is how common the cancer is. The death rate is how many people die from it. 
Men, again, are number two in the nation in death rate from cancer in our state. Wow. But women are now number six in the country. So they bump up a little bit? They bump way up. And it, do we know the reasons? Well, that? it's several reasons. One, it's a lack of screening. So okay. we detect the cancers later. We have a problem with health care delivery in our state. Unfortunately, many of our citizens are rural. They live out, you know, in farms, ranches out in the out in the boondocks, if you will, the rural areas. The good areas of Louisiana and throughout, the, throughout, our, throughout our United States. Good. But unfortunately, many of them don't have access to health care. Once you get much past Monroe, the chance of getting a mammogram in your town goes way down. There isn't mammography. You have to travel to a bigger city to get it, to get your breast cancer screening. Until recently, there was a lack of insurance in our state, so people couldn't get the cancer screening services that they needed. Those are both reasons why the rates are high in our state. Plus, we smoke too much. Oh, okay. Let, let's give a little caveat to the Feist Wilder Cancer Center, which which I learned, which I, I've seen around, but I didn't know they go in the rural areas. You have a program that brings the screening, right, right. to various rural programs, which I was so impressed. Right. Our Partners in Wellness Program, which is over 10 years old now, we have three health vans, two of them equipped for mammography. We go to 40 sites in central and north Louisiana to deliver free or insurance mammograms to the citizens in those locations. We're taking the services to the patient so that they can have ready access to screening. And it doesn't matter whether they have insurance or not. We will do their cancer screening for them. Because, correct me, those particular rural physicians that may be a family doctor or an internal doc and may not have that particular screening device. It's very expensive. It's very expensive. A mammography machine is over a half a million dollars to purchase. So it's very expensive, and many of the rural hospitals can't afford it because they don't do enough cases to justify having that equipment. We bring the equipment there. And your staff told me you have, and you update yours, you have the latest, greatest uh, technology equipment, you, right? You can't get a better mammogram than what we have on our vans. Wow. In fact, the digital tomographic mammogram, which was a CAT scan of the mm-hmm. breast, basically, we were the first in the state to have it on a rural ve- on a vehicle to provide that service. Well, how proud. And I'm definitely proud of this Partners in Wellness that goes out in the area. I mean, that is, touches a lot of people and, and probably saves a lot of lives. Well, yes, it does. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tending Country F Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tanning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Dr. Glenn Mills, who's the director of the Feist Wilder Cancer Center in Shreveport and also professor of the Department of Medicine at LSU Health Sciences Center in Shreveport. So thank you, Doc, for joining us today here on the best of times radio hour. Thank you for having me. This has been fascinating. So let's give our listeners and Gary, a little brief overview of what is cancer. Right. 
Well, cancer is a large group of diseases. There are over 200 types of cancer There's 200 that we types. treat. Yeah, so virtually every organ of the body can have cancer. And it can have multiple types of cancer in many cases. Cancer is an uncontrolled growth of the cells of our body. For example, in the lung, something damages that cell. It affects the DNA, the genes of our cell, and it causes the cell to start to grow out of control. That one cell then leads to two, the two leads to four, the four leads to eight. It just continues to grow and replicate. As the, cell, as the cancer gets bigger and bigger, it damages the local tissue. At some point in time, the cells develop the ability to spread, and they spread to other parts of the body. So does your body have an automatic immune system that fights these mutants or cancerous cells? Doesn't it try to fight it? Oh, absolutely. But cancers are smart. Oh, They've developed smart. chemicals by changes in their DNA that can uh, trick the immune system into not recognizing it. Oh. So they get Is that by evolution that. over the period of time or what? I mean, it, what caused them to become this smart? I'm well, gonna, I'm asking naive questions here. <laughs> by turning on normal systems in our cells. You don't want your body attacking the normal cells in your body. Because they rep your cells want to replicate correctly, right. right? They want to grow correctly. You don't want your uh, liver as it grows to be damaged. So the cell, the cancer cells mimic the normal body and turn the immune system off. Now, we're, we've learned about this in the last decade. We're now developing drugs that return on the immune system to attack the cancer. And that's wow. become one of the hottest and best treatments in cancer to turn the immune system back on. Remarkable. Wonderful new therapies. Not the same kind of toxicities as many people think about with chemotherapy, which we use to treat cancer, where you lose your hair, you get sick. With these immunotherapies... All those side effects are eliminated. So the immunotherapy will be specific to like a Gary Caligas. It'd be patient-specific, well, right? you can develop patient-specific by taking the cancer and developing a vaccine. But many of these drugs can be given to anyone with cancer because they turn on the immune system in general to attack. And when they turn it on, it attacks those bad cells. Remarkable. So when, it, when, it, uh, when we have cancer, do our DNA... It has a it's mutant that causes something the, the my cells to become abnormal or mutant or right. Well, as you know, our DNA has our that's where our genes reside. All of us have forty six genes, twenty three from our mother, twenty three from our father. That's DNA, coiled DNA. Within those chromosomes are the tiny genes that control things like our hair color, how tall we're going to be, how well our body functions work. Okay. You know, thousands of things. There are over 25,000 different genes in our DNA. Wow. I didn't know now, that many. Okay. as we age, all of us get damage to our DNA. That just occurs normally as cells grow and divide. Normally, we can repair that. Or luckily, since much of our DNA is garbage DNA, it's not needed. If the problems <laughs> occur in the garbage DNA, there's no problem. It's only when it strategically affects those specific genes that are controlling critical cell functions that problems can occur. So as we accumulate these damage to our good genes, at some point we accumulate enough damage that that cell starts growing out of control. Cancer-causing chemicals or x-rays, viruses, they cause increased damage to our DNA. A smoker will have thousands and thousands more of 
mutations or changes in their DNA compared to a non-smoker. That's what's causing the cancer in lung lung cancer. So the the smoking and inhaling of that nicotine and all the toxins in your lung, it's probably the the first area that it goes to, correct? Right. That's right where it goes. You you inhale that, but you can probably get uh, esophageal. Mouth, esophagus, because you swallow the smoke. All of those can be damaged. And all of those toxins, they're, they're, when you smoke a cigarette, there are a hundred different chemicals that the cigarette companies put into that cigarette. They have to make it milder so that you can inhale it. Raw tobacco is like a cigar almost. It's ha- impossible to inhale. <laughs> so the, they have to modify it. They put bleach. They put all sorts of bad things, benzene, in those cigarettes that you inhale. You showed us on the screen at this presentation the, 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 the anatomy of a cigarette, which was was pretty remarkable in itself. Right. That's like inhaling uh, lighter fluid, okay? Well, it's horrible. And if you look at all the things that are in there, you would never smoke a cigarette. But it's, it's um, addictive, and it's like anything else. It's sometimes it's peer pressure, correct? Uh, correct. And the nicotine is almost as addictive as cocaine. Ooh. It hits the same centers in the brain. So, again, I think a lot of my listeners think that they may have the bad gene inherited that they may get lung cancer. Is that true? Well, in lung cancer, we're not certain if there's a gene you could inherit. Many cancers, you are at an increased risk for cancer by your genes that you inherited from your parents. So they're already mutated coming to your... That's right. Most of us have two copies of every gene, one from mom, one from dad. Well, there's a tumor in children called retinoblastoma, okay, a tumor of the eye. Those children inherited a bad copy of that gene already. If they have something that hits the good gene, then they're going to get cancer. So that was inherited from their parent, an increased risk to have retinoblastoma because one of the genes was infected. Women with a family history of strong family history of breast cancer frequently have BRCA mutations, B-R-C-A. That's a gene that is specific to breast, and we now know some other sites in the body as well, like the stomach. But if you inherited one from your mother or your father, then you've already got one gene in jeopardy. If something happens to that other gene, uh uh-oh, you're in trouble. And that's why these families have clusters of cancers. So it's very important that if you have relatives several relatives with cancer, particularly cancer occurring at an early age, before the age of 50, then you need to discuss this with your doctor, and maybe you need to be screened to see if you might have some of those bad genes. So the screening can in, in, entail gene analysis? or Correct. We can look at the genes now and detect these abnormal genes. And likewise, you just said it's better to to, to detect it as early as possible. That's right. Angelina Jolie, remember, recently mm-hmm. had bilateral mastectomies. Why? Because she had the breast cancer gene. And she knew that her chance of having breast cancer was very, very high. So she elected to have mastectomies to remove the breast to do away with her chance of breast cancer is her measure. Many women may opt to do that. Some may opt for more frequent screening. It's a personal choice. So is that the only, um, you were talking about gene, what is it called, gene analysis, genome? Right. What, what, what's the analysis of, of when you get... Genome sequencing. Okay. That's when we can go in and look for the mutations in the cancer. Not only is it important for heredity, 
or being able to go see if you might be at risk. But also, once you develop cancer, we now offer genome sequencing of tumors where we go in and look at 456 different genes that are important in cancer. And it may help us tell you which drugs or which treatment are best for you. You know, we can check the genes and it may say, well, look, these treatments are not going to work, but this treatment over here is going to work because wow. you've got that gene mutation. Let's try that one. Let's don't do these that aren't going to be any benefit to you. So the the candidates for this are history of, or is it is going to be pretty soon the near war, near future very commonplace as a common medical test that everybody will go through. I think the for screening for cancer, it's very important what your family history is to look for that bad gene. All right. Now, maybe in the future, we'll all look. It's a very controversial ethical decision, and a lot of people worry financial because they're worried if you know you've got a bad gene, what's your employer going to do? What's your insurance company going to do? So people are very concerned about that, and that's a big debate that we have right now as well. You know, isn't uh, it still? Is it protected now? I thought that information is protected. It can be, but people are still very sensitive about that information and worry about it. Hmm. Well, I, I, it's going to be a toss-up. What people? Well, okay. I'm going to ask you an off-tangent question. Is uh, several people, including myself, uh, uh, got analyzed by 23andMe? Any comments about their gene well, <laughs> sequencing that they ran me through? Uh, they do a pretty good test, and they can give you but, some risk factors. They could detect the abnormal genes. But, again, one thing to remember is just because you have the gene yeah. doesn't mean ultimately you're going to have cancer because you have that gene. It may mean you're going to increase risk, and you need to take special precautions. But it's not 100% that you'll get cancer even if you have that mutation. Well, that's, that's, a good, that's good news. But it's been fascinating. I've, I've done it. Uh, I, will t- I won't tell all my listeners all. They, a lot of them know about it because I've written about it in this report times that mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're concerned about your hereditary, you know, if you want to check off the deal for your – let them run it through all their – I don't think they run 455 of them, but uh, about 15 – think they go through and right. they had found some interesting things about me well nowadays we can tell where you came from yes you know we can yeah. give you your ancestry that's what how oh, much the Neanderthal Martin. blood you have in you you know uh it's amazing what can be detected oh that is a, i mean i'm fascinated by it i'm fascinated i found out okay let's let's move on so so the signs and symptoms i think we you touched on this and i think uh, we we need to we need to uh, to discuss that in, in length because a lot of people out there, we want them to, if they have any of these signs and symptoms, need to see their physician as soon as possible, not to belabor. I mean, I uh, I want to tell you a tangent. I had this interesting gentleman who who's had his family over from Colorado, and the family says, Dad, I think you're having a TIA. And he said, well, I've been having this problem for a while. I mean, for sure enough, he did. They, they, the only the parent, the kids brought him to the hospital because he didn't want to go. He thought he was just having a, a mild setback, and and luckily they made it there on in time. But these signs and symptoms, we need to recognize it, but our family members need to recognize. Yes, it. they do. They do, and unfortunately, it's a tendency for many of us to deny our health problems. 
sure. hoping they'll go away. Hope. But usually they don't. And the elderly like me tend to do that quite a bit more. Right. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bear, sending country a Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Okay. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A Bear, standing country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Dr. Glenn Mills, who's the director of the Feist Wilder Cancer Center here in Shreveport and also a professor in the Department of Medicine at LSU Health Sciences Center. Thank you, Doc, for joining us today. Thank you. So we're learning a little bit about cancer, but now I think I want to touch on the signs and symptoms of cancer so to help educate our listeners out there to, for them as well as their loved ones. So what, what could they observe that might indicate a possible cancer? Well, one thing to worry about always is when you develop a sign or a symptom that doesn't go away. Does Many of us get our back hurting after yeah. we lift that suitcase off the top shelf True. or our ankle hurts or our side hurts, but it goes away within a week or so. Those are not cancer symptoms. But when a pain comes and doesn't go away or when a new symptom comes and doesn't go away after several weeks or a month, then we got to start worrying. With our lungs, we worry about a cough or shortness of breath okay. or coughing up blood. If you ever cough on blood, you need to discuss it with your doctor. It's usually due to infection, but it could be from cancer. Problems in our bowels, such difficulty swallowing, burning when we swallow, heartburn, could be cancer, could be just gastritis, but you need to look at it. Changes in your bowel habit, constipation, bleeding in our stool. A discharge from a woman or bleeding after the menopause, after the change of life, very important symptom. In men, blood in the urine or increasing difficulty urinating, saying that your prostate gland may be swelling. Again, usually benign but could be cancer. Any lump that doesn't go away but keeps growing or a mole or wart that changes or a sore that doesn't heal, all of those are important. But the key thing is something that changes that doesn't go away after a couple of weeks, you should probably check it out with your doctor. And it's weeks. Right. Weeks. Okay, not, not well. All of us have a pain for a day or two, all right? So I'd say if something good... lasts for a couple, for two weeks, then you start, start, should worry about it. So if the cough was there just for a day or so, it, it could be just right. an isolated allergies condition. could be a cold we might have caught right. at the airport. Or I get a cold and I keep a cough for a month. I know I'm going to do that. It's going to happen. But if that cough were to go on for two, three, four months, now I'm starting to get worried. What's causing this to stay on? Um, okay, so causes of cancer we talked about, family history, lifestyle. So tell them that we talked about one of the big lifestyle risks, smoking. Right. Others? Yes, diet is very important. We know that you should eat five fruits and vegetables a day. Hard for many of us to do. And you shouldn't eat red meat more than three or four times a week at the most. It's better to eat fish, chicken, you know, meats low in fats. Uh, our American diet is one that is very cancer prone. If you go to other countries, their diets, which are much more basic, the incidence of cancer is lower. 
Viral infections, another important cause of cancer. HPV virus, which we now know causes cervical and, and head and neck cancer. Hepatitis, which can cause liver cancer, which is becoming an epidemic in our country now because of wow. the hepatitis. Uh, all of those are important potential causes of cancer. Overweight and lack of exercise. Other lifestyle factors. One individual wanted me to ask you about their diet and whether or not it has any difference between organic and non-organic because a lot of the individuals that I talk with think when you buy organic, it removes all the pesticides from it and off of it so you don't get potential of getting cancer from the pesticides. Is that true? It Well, ingesting pesticides is not, not good. good. Usually it's a small amount. It's never been proven that organic versus non-organic food can cause or not cause cancer. Uh, it's better to eat healthy and to have your diet such that you're eating healthy foods. And if you can afford the organic foods, I think that they're better than the non-organic. But they're very expensive, and many of the people that we see and care for can't, can't afford, afford those the foods. Organic. No, but eat a healthy diet. You can eat healthy even at a lower cost. Uh, the other environmental risk, uh, various. We talked about some of them. Mm-hmm. Have you have you have you seen the cancer? It's hard to say where it came from. The secondhand smoke is that increasing? Secondhand smoke is a definite cause. We know that from uh, the high rates of cancer in waiters or waitresses when you used to could smoke in bars and restaurants, which you can't anymore. Or an airline flight attendant. Okay. They were the first ones that brought the suits, actually, about secondhand smoke. Oh, were the waiters, that. waitresses, and the airline stewardesses. But, yes, secondhand smoke, it's definitely a risk factor. Uh, smog, pollution in some – you've got a higher risk of cancer if you live in L.A. versus living in Shreveport because our air is not polluted. But environmental risks are low. Mostly it's the things we do to ourselves that causes our higher rates of cancer. It's about 10% of cancers, perhaps, may be caused by environmental risks. So 90% by the others, the big, but the more things we did concerned about. Right. So let's quickly, before we close, talk about the screening test and the self-exam. Right. So colon? Colon. Over yes. the age of 50, unless you have a strong family history, you should have colonoscopy or you need to do the blood stool checks every year. Most people prefer the colonoscopy because... If you're clean, it can be every 10 years, whereas if you do the little stool cards, you got to do it every year, all right? Prostate, talk with your doctor. It is controversial, but over the age of 50, you should get a rectal exam to feel the prostate and get a PSA blood test. Uh, women beginning at age 40, mammography, that's pretty proven. All women should get mammography. You may can do it every other year as you start out, but then over the age of 50, 50 yearly. You should get it until you're over 80, and then perhaps you can quit. Lung cancer now, we know that over the age of 55, if you've smoked 30 years, you need to get screened. Now, 30 years of smoking could be one pack a day for 30 years, or it could be two packs a day for 15 years. Okay, it's a multiplier. It's a multiplier. It's 30 pack years, however you get there. A half a pack for 60 years before you have risk. <laughs> All there right. are very few people I've ever known that had a half a pack or even just no. one pack. It's usually much more than that. Okay, I've seen people with hundreds of pack years. Right? Wow! You know, it's amazing. Uh, and fortunately, in our state, we've raised the cigarette tax in the last year. 
uh, mainly to try to balance our state budget. But it's clearly been shown that as you raise the price of cigarettes, Mm -hmm. you can decrease the smoking. Now, it doesn't decrease smoking in you or I, people that have jobs and means. They're going to buy their cigarettes and complain about it. (laughs) But it's the children. The cigarette companies go after the children. If you look at the documents from the tobacco lawsuit, these executives would sit around the table and plan how they could entice 10-year-olds to be their new smokers because so many smokers are dying off. They knew people were dying, but they denied it. And so they're going after our children to make them smoke. The higher price of cigarettes decreases youth smoking more than it decreases anything else. And that decreases the supply of smokers, if you will, in later life, if we can cut down on our youths from youth from smoking. And I was unaware until you gave a graphic showing all the taxes on cigarettes throughout the United States and all the 50 states. Right. We're still very low at a little over a dollar. We used to be 36 cents, one of the lowest in the country, the second lowest. Now we're up to about number five or six. But it can cost you $6 out in California. In New York, they'll charge $10 just in New York City tax on a pack of cigarettes. On one pack, yeah. On one pack. Not a carton. I had someone, oh, that's a carton. I said, no, no, no. I don't think so. The doctor showed me some slide, and I, I, I remember it. I said, it's per pack. Yes. I. Either, when I drove out to visit my daughter in L.A. one year, I took pictures at every <laughs> gas station, and it was a steady progression of cost as I drove out west, you know, higher and higher prices. Higher and higher prices. When we had cigarettes in Shreveport for two fifty, they were already at $7 in California. Whoa, that's you know, that's serious increase. That you got to do it if you're going to discourage smoking, and it helps the state budget too. Well, uh, uh, one thing that some of the women were saying: self-examination of their breasts for cancer is is that good, I bad, think or indifferent? It's not been shown to help, but it makes common sense. Okay, you will know your anatomy and how your breast feels better than anybody else. So you should. Ex- I tell patients they should examine themselves once a month at the same time of the month if they're menstruating because the breast can change with the menstrual cycle. So, you know, right after you have your period, examine your breast in your shower. That's the Then your skin, you know, you can move your hand over your skin well. That's a good time to do it. And the other thing about self-examination is skin, right? To look look at your skin. Look possible. for sores or warts. In men, particularly young men, testicular self-exam to look for okay. lumps or bumps. That's a rare cancer, but you still should check. And, and But the skin, I thought, was fascinating that uh, some of the physicians were telling me that very few people will will come in to see them until later on, until it gets very... Well, very large. Very large. People keep denying it. I've seen cancers on the face three and four inches in size, and they've just covered it up, you know, and it's really bad. And it's better to treat it, that melanoma cancer, early, right? The earlier, the better with every cancer. If you have any question, see your doctor. And it's not just on the visual part. It's inside of your body, too. Is yes. that correctly? Yes. In, in With melanoma, it can occur in non-sun-exposed areas. So you can get it on your stomach or your back. Have someone look at your back. Uh, most skin cancers occur in sun-exposed areas because of the ultraviolet radiation. Uh and, and last but not least, because I hear more and more people, uh, need you need to do that, is your your physician, when you're with your physician, you need to give them an accurate 
H and P, history and physical, but the history part is the critical. It's sometimes very critical. The physician needs to know about the family history. We've got, yes, tell your doctor if you have a family history of cancer. It is very important and can lead to earlier changes in screening. For hereditary colorectal cancer, if we know that you've got several family members, we're going to bump that age of colonoscopy down. I usually tell my patients, I'm going to do it a decade before the earliest cancer in your family. So if you had a brother who had it at 35, Mm -hmm. we need to start you at 25 years of age to be screened. It's very important to give that information to your doctor. And and mention to our listeners, the medical field, um, uh, I had one person tell me, why didn't my other doctor know all this? I already gave it to XYZ doctor. Why doesn't he like... Uh, relate this from Dr. So-and-so, so I don't have to repeat all this surgeries, my family history with the new physician or the other physician that took over the practice. Well, many times it's like the Tower of Babel. <laughs> all these new electronic health record systems we have are great, but they don't talk to each other. So you may have given all your information to a doctor at Hospital X, but the doctor at Hospital Y has no access to that information. So you've either got to get a copy to give your doctor or Give it again. And don't make the assumption that they know. I, that's, I think this when this physician it. went in for hip surgery, I think he assumed, don't they know? You know, Didn't they know I was on no. all this? Make they don't sure. probably don't even know what medicines he's on, right? Probably not. So it's good to have that. And, and I think lately more and more of us uh, seniors who are getting more accustomed to um, the, the personal me- uh, medical record, that they bring it on a floppy drive or, and hand it to the doctor and the staff, the nurses, here's all my history and physical, and here's everything I'm taking, of all the surgeries, which I have done that three times, and the physician said, wow, I'm impressed. It's a very wise thing to do, to make your doctor as informed as possible. He'll help you, or she will help you the best then. Well, thank you for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Uh, They can definitely get a hold of you at the Feist Wilder Cancer Center at... Right. They can call 813-4020 for our Partners in Wellness program for free cancer screening if you qualify or if you have insurance. We're happy to do it. Uh, There's patients with insurance. We'll help our patients that are free care to get their exams subsidized. Well, you have the jewel of a medical center here, at, and then the cancer center is just remarkable. I'm highly uh, advocated to all of the people out there throughout the Arklatex to, to consider utilizing your, your wonderful sir and your physicians and your staff are, t- are totally awesome. Well, thank you. And we're, we're proud of our facility, and we're proud of the care that we give. We think we give some of the best care in the country. And you've, had, you've done some miracles there. I know many, many people had the, the, the miracle of the, the great care and the great treatment have, have, right. have called these individuals to live a longer and healthier life. Well, thank you. And regardless of your insurance status, we're happy to take care of you. Thank you again for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, 
Back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy, The Best of Times, at one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Best of Times on 710 Keel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for The Best of Times. This is News Radio 710 Keel, K E E L, Shreveport Bossier.